You're listening to Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You've been talking all day about your worst food take. Give us a call, 1-88-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. No one gets you ready for Game 7 like us on ESPN. No, exactly. <laughs> we we will take. prepare you for Game 7 because we know that, you know, you're going to probably eat a lot at your barbecue or your cookout today, depending what you call it. But, Aaron, we also want to keep you from having food poisoning, so we're going to give you some advice of how to avoid bad food takes yes. because otherwise you're going to not be able to Very watch important. Game 7 tonight. Also, and you might you know, end up choking away your chance at being able to watch the NBA Finals if it's too bad. That, that, and also remember that, you know, we talked about the two best words in sports. Some might say concession stand. Oh, you know, that's hot a good dogs. One. You know, like those are two of the best words. Dollar maybe, beer. Yeah, to make sure that you have the appropriate, you know, uh, food and drink in order to sit down and be able to enjoy a, a game seven. Everybody's talking about the history that's on the line tonight with yeah. finally one of these three O's coming back. And by the way, Michael, it's you really feel it because any time after this, if Boston wins, they're going to put up the graphic that says only one team in NBA history has come back from three nothing down. And it was the 2023 Boston Celtics. So part of this for Heat fans and Boston fans is the constant reminder either of the great moment or the devastating moment that's sort of swinging in the balance here and also giving hope to the team that's down 0-3. When you say this has never happened before, it kind of feels like an insurmountable Mount Everest to try to climb. Well, they've it's 150 times the team has been up 3-0, and it has not happened yet. I mean, to me, it is very analogous to college basketball because in March Madness, we never saw a 16 beat a one, right. and now forever you're going to know UMBC was the first one to do it. However, right. yep. the luster maybe has been lost a little bit because there was another 16 seed this year that beat a one. So, do you, do, do you remember who it was that beat the one this year? Do you remember the name of the school? I'm trying to... Yeah, Fairleigh Dickinson. It was Fairleigh Dickinson. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Because then you got the FDU-FAU second round game. Right. That was 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 great. People that love acronyms love that game. (laughs) I was going to say, I know I happened this year off the top of my head. You know, I I couldn't remember it. Do, Do you think that it's fluky that it hasn't happened already? Or do you think it just speaks to, especially in this sport, if you lose the first three of a series, the other team is really better and you don't even need to bother playing the last game? I, I don't I don't think it's fluky because it's happened in other sports. It just doesn't happen often. It happened in baseball. It's more interesting to me that Boston teams seem to be involved in this more often than not. Of course, in baseball, the one that we know better than any, the only time it's happened is the Boston Red Sox coming back from 3-0 down right. to beat the New York Yankees. It's also happened twice fairly recently in hockey. Yeah, And the Boston Bruins were involved in that as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't know. It's an interesting question of of what this really means, right? Like, and what this really kind of right. dives in. The Bruins, by the way, were on the losing end of that to the Flyers in 2010. And the LA Kings beat the Sharks after being down 3-0 yep. uh, in the Western Conference Finals in 2014. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. So... Aaron, I, I don't know. I, when we look at this, though, right? And this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. He's Aaron Goldheimer. I'm Michael Rothstein. When we look at this, if Boston were to win, is that the bigger deal? Or is the bigger deal that maybe Miami, and I don't think they choked it away, but that they choked it away? 
I haven't seen many choke moments for Miami in this at all. I mean, since they went up 3-0, let's think about this. They got mm-hmm. beat solidly in Game 4. There was no choking going on there. They got beat solidly in Game 5. It's not like they committed 25 turnovers. or I mean, Boston was just better in both of those games. And then in Game 6, what's funny, if you're going to pick a team that choked in Game 6, it was definitely Boston coughing up the 10-point lead, the 9-point lead with three minutes to go. So I could argue, actually, for those who want to try to blame Miami or Heat culture or say that they were overrated or... I actually think that the Celtics have done more choking in this particular series than the Heat have. Yeah, they. Yes, <laughs> because Miami wasn't supposed to be here by seed. They weren't supposed to be here up three zero. A lot of this has been house money for the Heat uh-huh. for oh I don't know what the better part of the last month. Because they right. had to get you know even even at the play in tournament like. This has been house money but, for Miami for a while. But now I think they've while. gotten it far enough in where if you think you can go to the finals, then you think you can be the first eight seed to ever win a championship. Sure. Like they, that Miami is not a stereotypical eight seed in that way. So I think once they beat Milwaukee, I mean, kind of all bets were off about ultimately the kind of season that they were going to end up having. Um, I think on the other hand, you do have to give Boston some credit for the way that they've turned this thing around as much sort of mentally is physically because they were an absolute mess after game three. I thought their coach was on the verge of getting fired and I thought they were on the verge of quitting and it was going to be a really ugly loss that could tear the Celtics apart. Missoula gone, Jalen Brown traded and for them to sort of have the gumption to be able to call it up again and prove that they're the more talented team in this series over the course of the last three games. I mean, to me, the last three games are more about that than they are about, you know, Miami choking it away or Boston coming up with this improbable comeback. I think the Celtics have just finally been themselves over the course of the last three games. Yeah, I mean, listen, history is always written by the winners. That's the saying that often goes, cliche or not. This, to me, if Boston were to win tonight, becomes more about Boston than anything about Miami. Because, again, you go to the seed, you go to the seed line, you go to what happened, how Miami even got here. Because when they were playing Milwaukee, don't forget, Giannis got hurt. And that team was beat up. So, all of a sudden, they were able to do that. To me, when this thing felt real, really real for Miami, was actually not the Milwaukee series because of the issues that were going on with Giannis and how important he is to the Bucks. But it was when they were really handling New York. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. New York wasn't the best team, but they were a team that was clearly better than Miami during the regular season. And they, they didn't really have that many injuries. Although, you know, Emmanuel quickly, quickly was having some issues. Like, yeah, I, that to me is when I was sold on this Miami team. I'm really curious to see where this goes going forward. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, alongside Aaron Goldhammer on Michael Rothstein. We've been also asking you about your worst food take. We're going to head back to the phone lines. We're going to go to Heisenberg in New Mexico. What's your... <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, What's up, I'm a little worried to ask what this yeah, might be. What is your worst food take? <laughs> the, worst, the worst food take, guys. Any mayonnaise-based salad, macaroni salad, potato salad, it's hot. It sits outside. Mayonnaise turns. It's a guaranteed case of food poisoning to make you valley ill and miss all the uh, best two words in sports, barn burner. Barn ah. burner games. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what it is, no matter what it is, no matter what sport, if it's a barn burner, you're going to stop and watch it. 
No, Heisenberg, you're absolutely right. And by the way, if you eat your mayonnaise-based salad today, you might not be able to watch the potential barn burner tonight, either in hockey or in basketball, because you've got the stars right. and, of course and, we hope- and the Golden Knights and the NHL on ESPN tonight. And then, of course, you've got the Celtics and the Heat and- in Game 7 on TNT. R- Rothstein, of course, we hope that food is the only thing that Heisenberg in New Mexico <laughs> is cooking on this Memorial Day. <laughs> well done, sir. I was waiting for that. I, that's why I was very concerned of what we were going to get there when we went to Heisenberg. But I took the chance. It. I trusted job, our producer, Shannon, ben, Shannon Penn, that he had screened that appropriately. We're going to go to Darren in Kansas City now. What's Darren, up, what is uh, what are your best two words in sports? Or worse well, routine? look, as a guy that covers the Chiefs here in Kansas City, for years being Kansas City, I've got to say, thanks to Patrick Mahomes, who's, who's uh, punched my ticket. Pause on the last uh, three of the five Super Bowls. It's got to be. It's got to be Championship Sunday. I mean, without that, you know, I mean, there is no Super Bowl without Championship Sunday. I, I guess, Darren, but there's no Championship Sunday or Super Bowl without regular season or even uh, yeah. preseason and, and football. Just, just, if because, we're gonna... <laughs> if just because you have the conference championship games doesn't mean you're going to have a great day of football. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just so happens the last few years we've had some great conference championship games, some of them better than the Super Bowls that we've had. I actually do think by and large, that is the best day of football of the year, not the Super Bowl. Because I like having the doubleheader, you know, in case one of the games is a buster. You know, it's much less corporate. It's at-home sites. I just like the viewing experience of the conference championship games better. By the way, NFL, if you ever think about putting those games at a neutral site, that is such a terrible money grab. (sighs) You better not. I will go nuts on that if they ever try to do that. It would be really bad. Now, the... The teams, the team you cover now, the Cleveland Browns, the team I used to cover, the Detroit Lions, not really going to have to worry about those things necessarily anytime soon, potentially. But but, but just imagine what it would be bad. Con- it would be terrible. Conference Championship Sunday would be like if the Lions were playing in it, and it should be in Detroit, but instead, you know, they decided to put it at a neutral at Jerry's World for the. Oh, you know, it, it would like, be. Come on. It would be. All, well, here's the problem too: is that if you have it at a neutral site. Do you have to almost have the NFC teams at an AFC neutral site? Yes. Like you, yeah. you pretty much have to do that, right? Like you just, ha- right. it's, it's a really fascinating conversation. It's one that I hope we never, ever have to have. Coming up next, we're going to keep taking your calls on your worst food take. That's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And one of the best in the business, he's going to share some of his thoughts on one of the most hotly debated topics we've had today. Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to get hungry because it is Memorial Day, and that means food, that means burgers, that means hot dogs, that means grilled chicken, that means coleslaw, that might mean spaghetti, depending where you're at. We don't know. That might mean desserts, some cobblers. I I don't know. It should not mean pizza. It should not mean pizza. Uh, it should not mean, I, I don't know. There are some other things I, I think it shouldn't mean when you're talking about food. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Alongside Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Michael Rothstein. As Fitz and Harry are off, hopefully having their own Memorial Day fun today after they hosted KJM this morning. But earlier today on Greeny with myself and Aaron Goldhammer and the great Chris Canty, Chef Michael Simon came on the show. It was a big surprise for us, and he weighed in on this, cookout versus barbecue. 
Michael, you've been cooking for over three decades, and I got to ask you your professional opinion about an age-old debate that's that's been be- well before you started cooking and one that stresses me out this time of year every single time. Barbecue versus cookout. What's the difference between the two, and which one do you want to go to? Well, I mean, okay. I, I mean, we, we, this could be a four-hour show at this Dang, point. That, that, that what I'm trying to say. So we're, we're trying to avoid the heat blowing this and talking about Game 7, so you can fill this as long as you want, well, Simon. Well, I mean, have you noticed real quick, once Kevin Love went down, they haven't won a game? Like, you know, look, I, I love K-Love, known him for a long time now, but, you know, there's no way that that tipping happens because he boxes out. It just yeah. like he he doesn't play a lot of minutes anymore, but he still does all the important things. And they haven't won since Kevin's been out. That's all uh, I'm saying. Okay, uh-huh. now a barbecue. Do not call it a barbecue if you go outside and turn on your gas grill and and put some burgers and hot dogs. Thank on. you. <laughs> Thank you. Delicious. Not a barbecue. If you're cooking in a smoker of any sorts or with live fire, even if you're grilling over live fire, I will give you the barbecue pass. But really, what barbecue means is cooking food low and slow with real fuel, wood and or charcoal, depending on where you're from. Get those damn pellet smokers out of here. I'm not putting anything that looks like rabbit food in the side of a box to cook my meat and if you're cooking on a smoker like i did fetch cock chicken yesterday they took five hours it's a process so if you barbecue call it barbecue if you're having a cookout a cookout is delicious but please call it a cookout that of course was the wise words of chef michael simon as he weighed in on what a cookout is versus a barbecue and if you haven't eaten at one of his restaurants before you really should if you're in detroit go to roast that's one of my favorite restaurants in detroit aaron can speak a bit more about cleveland restaurants with michael simon this is fitz and harry on espn radio and aaron what is your we didn't really get into this before what is your favorite michael simon restaurant oh wow well i mean uh, there was a restaurant here in Cleveland called Lolita that unfortunately there was a fire at, you know, Michael was talking so much about all the live fire at his restaurants. Uh, Thank goodness. Nobody was hurt so we can laugh about it, but Lolita had a fire and has since closed, but now Michael has barbecue restaurants in Cleveland, legitimate barbecue as he would describe. And the restaurant is called Mabel's. I think there's also one in Las Vegas. Yeah. But there's one in downtown Cleveland, and there's one uh, on the east side of town out by us where where I live. Um, And we're really lucky to have, you know, like Michael is a world-renowned James Beard award-winning iron chef who's on your TV, on all your Food Network cooking channel all the time. But he is back in Cleveland at these restaurants all the time. You never know when you're going to sort of peer around the corner and see him managing things or throwing some meat in the smoker in the kitchen. I mean that's awesome. Like it's, I have a, a chef buddy of mine, Madison Cowan, who's been on some of those shows as well. And yeah, it's it's awesome whenever you see those guys doing it. So we want to ask you, what's your thoughts on cookout versus barbecue? What's your worst food take? Of which we've had a lot. Although my food take is not bad, it is right, which is that you should have pineapples and anchovies on your pizza. Give us a call one eight eight say ESPN one eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Aaron Goldhammer is shaking his head and would like to rip through the zoo. Zoom to like maybe hit me upside the head after I talked about pizza again. No, 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 no. Actually, when you read the what you guys' thoughts, 
I want to hear you guys, the two of you, Aaron and Michael. You guys haven't weighed in on the difference between cookout and barbecue. Do you uh, use the two interchangeably? Is I, there a difference? I, 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 in your I don't cook. Shannon, I don't cook. So my, it's on the George Foreman grill. So whatever that means, it means. That's where I'm at. My dad I think was the, the one who did Foreman all that. The grill is just sad. I, I don't think it's a cookout or a barbecue. I think it's just <laughs> That's sad. fine. And, I, and you want to know what? I am perfectly okay with that. Um, I would say that people look down on gas grills, but we, we have like the gas line that runs out to the grill in our backyard. And I, I'm not going to lie, Michael, that grill is on 10 times a week for us because it's so easy to clean and it's so easy to cook and food off of it is generally just so rather than doing chicken in a pan or a vegetable on the stove, we try not to turn, especially in the summer our stove or oven on and we just exclusively use this outdoor grill so while michael is trying to shame me for my gas grill and saying i can't have a barbecue on it i love the fact that i could just push one button turn the thing on the the same thing is true of fireplaces right like everybody respects the natural wood with the starter with the smell with the but aren't you jealous of the person that has the gas fireplace where literally all you have to do is flip a switch and the fireplace goes on and you don't make nearly the level of mess? And it, Maybe it's that yes. I just don't understand really how to barbecue, but I think that Michael is being a little bit pretentious and looking down on the gas grill, which I think there is nothing bad about grilling on a gas grill today. I mean, again, I live in an apartment. I am unable to have a grill. The only time I see a grill is if I go to a friend's place or I go to my dad's. And because that is not my home, I stay away from any sort of grilling because that is that is one thing I learned and learned early growing up in my father's house is that he is the man of the house. He is handling the grill. Go away, kid. Go play basketball or video games and come back when food is ready. Or guess what? You can kind of carry the food and help there. He was so particular about it. And who knows? If he's listening, this may get him and even call in. He was uh-huh. so particular about it. He never even let me help. It was like, no, like, uh-huh. hey, I'm going to teach you this. It's it was like, no, man. this is not. This is the family secret that I'm going to keep. Like, oh. this is never, ever happening. I think he told my brother, did not yeah. tell me, but that's because I think they did not trust me with any of the food. Very quickly, we're going to go out to the phone lines. 30 seconds. Tim in British Columbia, barbecue or cookout? Yeah, so first of all, guys, I'm, I'm in British Columbia. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Welcome. So am I. I live in Atlanta yeah. now. Yeah, barbecue is uh, barbecue's not a verb. It's never a verb. It's a noun. It refers to a specific uh, food. It's a it's a pig that you cook. And, I mean, so. Uh, I mean, literally, I think case. when I look it up in the dictionary, it is a verb. Like, I, I don't understand why you have an issue with that. I'm going out to barbecue. If I'm doing it on a smoker, like on the big green egg, like, don't you think I'm okay to say I am going out to barbecue? But it could be a noun. It could be a barbecue as well. We've we've yeah, we'll all into a both. grammar conversation, Tim. It's I appreciate both, but this. But don't tell me I can't use it as a verb. The dictionary says I can use it as a verb. Ah, I, you can use it as whatever you want, Aaron. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know if you're good at it or not. I'm just probably not going to eat whatever it is that you try and serve up. Coming up next, should the Celtics be favored tonight in Game Seven? We're going to ask an expert. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Listen, I'll tell you one thing, man. If you don't know who D. White is, you know who he is now. Inbound to Smart. Turns it. She's the three left wing. Around. And out. There really was nobody on me. Um, when he shot it, just tried to crash. 
as a tip was good at the end. We're waiting to get an official ruling. And they count it! Oh, they count the tip! And Boston wins it! And everything was like a blur after that. Basketball for you. Basketball is fine. It's very, very, very entertaining. We wish we could tip this thing off right now. Game 7. Merely a few hours away in Boston. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics. Winner goes to the NBA Finals against the Denver Nuggets. Loser laments, well, probably a lot. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio alongside Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rossi. Quick update for you. NCAA Men's Lacrosse Championship. Notre Dame of 6-4 on Duke. That's early in the third quarter out in Philadelphia. We're going to go to the phones now and go to Atlanta, not far from where I live, to get joined by Mark Zinno. Mark Zinno is the host of the Hazard Ground Podcast. It's a podcast you absolutely should be listening to. It is all stories from veterans, which Mark is also a veteran. Mark, thank you for your service, sharing their stories of combat, survival, and beyond. And also, he is an ESPN radio host. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking a few minutes today, my man. Mike, great to be with you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I hope everybody's having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. So let's start here. It is Game 7. You, you do a lot of gambling content for us here at ESPN. Let, let's just start big picture. What do you think happens tonight? Well, Boston wins tonight. Um, what we're seeing from Miami over the course of the last three games, the regression has finally showed up to catch the Miami Heat. For the first 14 games of this postseason, you saw a Miami Heat team that nobody had seen in 82 games of the regular season. And for the final three games of this series, you have seen a Miami Heat team that looks a lot more like the Miami Heat team that you saw for 82 games during the regular season. A team that shot 25% from three in game four, that shot 39% from three uh, in game five, and shot 35% from the field in game six. And all while averaging about 99.5 points a game. That's kind of what the Miami Heat team has been all year long. And I don't know without some sort of miraculous shooting performance like they got in game one of this series, like they got in game three of this series, like they got in the opener against the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I don't think they stand a chance to win this game. Mark Zinno with us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, Mark, what about the total? Because game sevens are usually pretty low scoring, a lot of nerves, not much offense. What, what do you like with this total, which I think last I checked was at 203 on Caesars Sportsbook? Regular season. And there is a trend that game sevens typically go under, and a lot of the public will run to bet the under 203 here. Uh, I would look to go the other way and bet the over. I mean, look, Boston can't win without scoring. Do you realize that game six was the first game that Boston won this postseason without scoring at least 110 points? I mean, like that, that's they wow. are built to score, and they are built to hit threes, and it's what they do. So, you know, this is not a team that, that likes to go out and play these low-scoring defensive battles. It's not in their favor. Now, do I think it'll be low-scoring? Yeah. Look at this, guys. You have to kind of do some math here and figure this whole thing out to, to, to look at a way to sort of bet this thing the best way possible. If you're telling me that this is a 7.5 or 8-point spread, depending on where you look, I'm not sure where Caesars has it, and you're looking at a total of 203.5, 204, Boston, if they are going to cover this game, 
and it's going to be an under, that means that they have to hold the Miami Heat to around 93, 94 points. And if you believe this game is going to go under and you believe Boston is going to win this thing, just take Miami's team total under. I mean, that's, that's just the easiest way to play it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't That would be my best play in this game here is Miami's team total under. I'm not sure there's an easier way to play it, just given the nature of what the, the odds makers are telling you the line is going to be. And, and I would trust that Boston, one, will play their best offensive game at home. Two, uh, Miami, again, they're shooting over the last three games, sort of really regressing, won't be able to make some shots. I mean, remember, they're only in game six because Duncan Robinson had made a stretch of threes um, that just didn't work out. With Miami sitting here, I think their team totals at 98 and a half. If Miami... Mark, thank you so much. We're having a little bit of technical issues here. Mark Zeno gave you some betting advice there. We really appreciate it here today. Mark Zeno, of course, an ESPN radio host. Sportsbooks didn't Hazard want you hearing Mark Zeno's betting advice. Apparently so, Mark, not. <laughs> apparently, they were not. They were not looking for Mark Zeno's advice. They didn't want that out there, which probably means maybe I might win you some pizza money tonight. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio alongside Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein. And uh, yeah, what I was going to ask him before, unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties there, Aaron, is if there was a player prop that really stood out to him. And yeah. To me, I, I, I don't know what the number is, and I could probably uh-huh. look it up, but I would I go the right over here. on Jimmy Butler. Okay. Uh, 28 and a half points. Yep, still go, still go the over on Jimmy Butler. You're still taking the over? I would still take the over on Jimmy Butler because we've Man, seen a, Jimmy it, Butler in big performances. It is a lot of points, but who else is going to score a guy, for Miami? For a guy who it looked like couldn't jump in game six, to me, it's a lot of points. Um, I liked this bet. Jimmy Butler's over-under on total threes. What do you think it is, Rothstein? What, it's over-under on total threes for Jimmy Butler? Five? Uh, a half. If he makes one three-pointer, he goes over. Now, I know he hadn't made a three in a couple of games and then made one in game six toward the end. But to me, like, this is game seven, and I think he's going to be a little bit more aggressive. I about guarantee you that Jimmy Butler is going to make a three tonight. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we I feel pretty confident that Jimmy Butler will make a three tonight. Coming up next, more pressure on the Heat to not blow a 3 nothing lead, and we're going to get Mark Zinno back here on the Fitz and Harry program here on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. If you like close competitive games, might not get much better than what you got on ESPN right now. Midway through the third quarter in the NCAA Men's Lacrosse Championship, Notre Dame 7, Duke 5. After Duke went 31 minutes without a goal, they are rolling right now. Of course, tonight you've got... The Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, Game 7. That could be another exciting, exciting game. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Fitz and Harry were on this morning. So you've got myself, you've got Aaron Goldhammer. We're going to welcome back Mark Zinno, another ESPN Radio host and the host of the Hazard Ground podcast. Mark, thanks for sticking with us through the last segment, I, I want to ask you a bit about the podcast that you do. It is Memorial Day, and so much of the attention today should be paid 
sure you can barbecue or cook out or whatever you want to call it, uh, as we've been talking about all show. But so much of what today should be about should be about veterans and, and having conversations about veterans. If you can, just explain what your podcast is all about. Well, the As a Ground highlights uh, tales of combat and survival from a firsthand account. Um, my guests are all people who have, um, you know, been to combat and returned home um, and, and, you know, are, are people who are willing to share their story. And what's unique about the As a Ground is, one, we've had on people from every major engagement um, that the United States has been in since World War II. We've had on the second oldest living survivor of Pearl Harbor multiple Medal of Honor recipients, uh, you go back to the Korean War, Vietnam, every, you know, all the small little things that nobody's forgot, Panama, Grenada, obviously Black Hawk Down, uh, one of our bigger, you know, uh, we have had over a dozen guests from Black Hawk Down, but everybody from Iraq and Afghanistan and beyond, and all the way up to even Syria now, and, and you know, conflicts that are still going on around the world. So uh, we're very fortunate uh, to have put together a pretty extensive guest list, and these are folks who, veterans who have gone on, from military service to be elected to public office to, you know, become uh, actors, movie stars, musicians, politicians. I mean, every walk of life that they get into, business owners, um, they have just taken whatever their military career has given them and then moved on to the next phase of their life. And we just want to share the great stories. I mean, you know, I've always said that the Hazard Ground, you know the story of American Sniper and Lone Survivor because there were books that were made in movies. Well, the Hazard Ground aims to tell all the stories that never got that that opportunity, and, and I just think it's great that all of these folks are, are willing to share their story uh, and a lot of personal details about it, too. So uh, I'm very thankful, very blessed uh, that the Hazard Ground has been around for over six years now and, and continues to be a, a big part in the veteran community. You know, thank you for doing this project, and what, what are some of the common themes that you see between the stories that you hear doing the podcast? It's interesting. I, I, I like that you asked that because, you know, I've interviewed two people from the same battle who have literally been less than 50 yards from each other, and they have a completely different perspective of how the battle unfolds. You know, and that's what makes it so unique. Like, the, the combat experience for every individual is different and how they perceive it and how they, they, they process it and what goes on and what they think about and where they go and how they react, and all that is unique and individual to them. So there are two people who may have been in the same exact battle who just, you know, process it differently, and that causes them to feel differently about it after the fact. You know, and I think that is um, one of the other themes that we end up tackling into. You know, when I started this, I just wanted to tell great stories. I never knew I was going to get into massive discussions about PTSD and mental health and, you know, transition and, and putting your life back together and sharing stories uh, about the, the, the trials and tribulations that many veterans have gone through in uh, returning to normal life from their service, whether they've been injured in combat or not. Um, that's, you know, these are, these are some of the themes that consistently come up, but Again, the combat experience is unique to everybody, and I think that stands out. We're talking to Mark Zeno, host of the Hazard Ground podcast and also an ESPN radio host here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. And, and Mark, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but in the course of doing this podcast over the past six years, what have you learned about yourself? And I realize that's a giant question, and we might be able to talk about it for three hours. But <laughs> No, I, look, I mean, you know um, – I'll be I'll be perfectly frank, and I, I've talked a little bit about it on the show itself, but, you know, I don't seek out my own recovery without doing the show. Um, I don't I don't ask hard questions of myself and where I am. You know, I, I, you have a tendency to compartmentalize really well in the military. In fact, you're taught it. It's a, everything is on to the next. It's next mission, next assignment, next job, and you just sort of leave all that stuff where it was and move forward. 
And then you start to realize that this stuff never leaves you, right? Um, it, it's with you all the time, and it sort of starts to creep its way back into your into your life and into your, your mind um, when you least expect it. And w- without doing this show and hearing other people share their stories, I don't know if I ever come up with the own personal courage to, to – to share my own story with people who needed to hear it, i.e. folks from the VA and doctors and everything else. And, and uh, you know, I don't get to a point where I am willing to be a leader in that sense and say, look, I, I have made this journey and I'm on this journey with you. And, and um, being able to, to reflect on all those things that, that I went through, uh, I, I think, is, is one of the biggest takeaways and one of the biggest blessings I've got from doing this show. You know, hearing your stories and hearing about the podcast, it makes, you know, seem uh, b- blowing a 3 nothing lead in a best-of-seven playoff <laughs> series, you know, all of a sudden is pretty insignificant. But but t- tell if you can, because I don't have a sense of this. Like, let's say I'm a Celtic fan or a Heat fan. I'm serving my country overseas right now. Um, how much access do you have to be able to watch and pay attention to what's going on in these games? Do you think there are Celtics fans serving their country that are going to be locked in and watching Game 7 wherever they are on the planet today? I would think so, yeah. I mean, look, now with the level of the Internet and streaming services and everything else, it's a lot easier. I remember I was in Iraq in 2005 uh, or beginning of 2006, and it was the Steelers-Seahawks Super Bowl Um that uh, I think kicked off at about four in the morning for us, or like two in the morning, uh-huh. wherever it was. is an eight-hour difference, uh, and we're ahead of you guys. So it was like 6 p.m. Yeah, it was like after midnight. I tried to stay up and watch it, but I, I remember falling asleep halfway through it. But we, we, you know, we had access to big events like that when I was over there. But again, that was a, that was a long time ago. There's a lot more access to this stuff now between cell phones and, and streaming services and everything else. I don't think anybody there is wherever they are deployed around the world. If you're a Celtic fan or a Heat fan, if you want to have this game on, you will. It's just a question of what your body clock is allowing you to stay up and, and watch when this thing tips off at 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. It's going to be an interesting, interesting game tonight. The, you're, the voice you're hearing is Mark Zeno. He's the host of the Hazard Ground Podcast, also an ESPN radio host. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio alongside Aaron Goldhammer. I'm Michael Rothstein. And to, I guess, just move it back quickly to, to basketball before we let you go. I know there are a couple other bets you think that might be out there, maybe not player prop bets, but is there one that you're like, this is the best bet that I'm going to take tonight? Yeah, uh, if you didn't hear me earlier, the best bet I'm going to take is the Heat team total under 98.5. But I do like Boston as well to start fast. If you have the ability to take a first quarter bet, Boston minus 2.5. There's a lot of variance in a bet like this. I mean, it could be easily be a two-point game and a guy misses a layup at the last second and you lose the bet instead of getting it. But um, I, I would take Boston in the first quarter and I'd take Boston in the first half. You won't get me to the window on laying eight points in a game seven. Just not doing it. Hey, Mark, thank you so much. Hopefully people will follow your advice tonight and listen to the Hazard Ground podcast every single day. Really appreciate it, my man. Thank you guys both. Really appreciate you. That was Mark Zeno, host of the Hazard Ground podcast and an ESPN radio host. He joined us here just a little bit ago on Fitz and Harry. One of, as we're talking about things for veterans, one other thing I do want to point out, I actually wrote a story about it. It ran on ESPN.com on Friday. Jared Allen, the very, very well-known Vikings player, and Alex Karalexis, a former UFC fighter. They actually have started a charity called Jared Allen's Home for Wounded Warriors. I wrote a large story about it on ESPN that talks all about what they do for amputee veterans when they come back. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.